Oh, tell of his might and sing of his praise. That's why we're here today. Join me as we pray together. Father, thank you for your presence in this place today. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine outside. But most of all, thank you for the sun that shines in our hearts. And uh, we know it's because of you and because of your love. And we thank you for your presence here in this place today. And may we honor you with our music and our words. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're so glad that you have joined us for worship today. I'm so glad to see so many old faces, well, familiar faces. I shouldn't say old faces. <laughs> so familiar faces that we haven't seen in a while. Gosh, I fit that category, an old face. So um, that came out wrong for sure. But we're glad you are here. Thank you uh, for joining us for worship. And especially if you're a guest, we welcome you and we thank you for being here. And if you're this is your first time. We have a gift for you out on the uh, Welcome Center. Just walk uh, to the other end of the Welcome Center and pick up one of those bags. And inside is a gift and a little information for you. But we are so glad that you have joined us. And we're also glad for those of you who are joined us by live stream today. Thank you for being with us. And we pray that you also feel God's presence as you worship along with us at home. This morning, I want you to stand and greet one another in the name of the Lord. And then we'll join in singing together, How Firm a Foundation. join as we sing together.
Elijah. You join as we continue in worship together. Shut 
What a great way to begin this service, singing praise to the Lord and to lift our voices to the Lord. I know I was lifting my voice. I hope you were lifting your voice in praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for allowing the presence of the Lord to be in this place. If you are a guest, we welcome you here. Thank you for following the Lord's lead and coming to worship with us. If you are returning for the first time in over a year, we welcome you back. Thank you so much for coming back to worship with us. Today is a special day that we celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but it's also a special time. This is Memorial Day weekend as we remember those who have paid a dear price to give us the freedom that we have been blessed with in this country in which we live. And at this time, I'm going to invite you, if, if you have served in any branch of the armed forces, or if you're currently serving in any branch of our armed forces, we would like to show you our love and appreciation for the sacrifices you have made to bless us in this great nation. So I'm going to invite any current or former military person, would you stand so we can show our love and appreciation to you? Thank you so much for your service and for your sacrifice. And also today, I, I felt led. We have a prayer time every Sunday. I'm so grateful that I can invite you to this altar if you feel comfortable to come and pray at the altar, or you can pray from your seats. But also felt led today to invite any of you. We've lost so many of our loved ones through this past year. And if you have lost a loved one over this past year, I'm going to invite you to stand and remain standing during our prayer at the altar. And I'd like to say a special prayer for you, as I know this is a difficult weekend, tomorrow a difficult day for you. So if you have lost a loved one over this past year, I'm going to invite you to stand. I invite others of you to either stand or come to this altar and join me as we pray together. Won't you? Come pray with me. May we pray. Oh God, we, we have come to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords to sing praise to the only one who is worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus, for our salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb and for the resurrection. Thank you, O oh God, that you are coming again one day. And help us, O oh Lord, to be prepared, to be ready for whenever that great trumpet sounds and you come to take your children home. Father, this morning we remember the sacrifice of those men and women who have served, Father, in the military to give us the freedom that we so 
enjoy today in the United States. Father, bless those who paid the ultimate sacrifice with their lives. And I ask God you to bless all of our military and keep them safe, those who are in harm's way even now. And Father, for those standing in memory and in honor of a loved one who has passed over this past year. We've lost many great ones. Father, many faithful servants, many wonderful Christians. But Lord, we know heaven is richer, even though, Father, we grieve their loss. And I pray you would bring comfort and blessing and healing to those who have suffered loss, that they would know they're not alone, that you promise to be a friend that will stick closer than a brother, you promise never will you leave us, never will you forsake us. Thank you for that promise. Bless them. Give them strength, especially through this Memorial Day holiday. Father, we pray for others that are at this altar or standing in need of prayer. Some, Lord, are going for tests this week or results of tests. We pray for a good report. Father, that there would be no cancer. Father, we pray for those who are struggling right now and they're in the hospital or they've been given a bad report. We pray, God, that you would bring healing to them. And Father, we do pray for those who are lost without Christ. And Lord, maybe we're shouting their names right now in our heart. We pray they would come to Jesus because you're our only hope. And we know, God, you can bring salvation to all those who call upon your name. Father, we pray for our country. We pray for revival and spiritual awakening and unity and healing. Be with all of our leaders, Lord. And we pray that you would give them godly wisdom and counsel as they make decisions, Father, for our nation and for our state and for our communities. Bless them, God. Lord, I just pray that you would just be with every person here. We all have needs. We all have struggles. We all deal with sin. But we know that greater is you that is in us than he that is in the world. So give us victory, God, today. And Lord, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service Anoint, God, our musicians as they play and sing. And Father, anoint me with the message that you have given me. I pray, Lord, as a dear friend has prayed for me, that a Father, supernatural anointing of your Holy Spirit would be upon me and use me, God, as an instrument of your peace and love. So, Father, we love you. And we just commit this service to you, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. so thankful again that we can worship together and if you have your bible would you turn with me to matthew chapter 5 and we'll be reading one verse verse 9 and after that our 
choir and instrumentalists will be coming to lead us. Thank you all for being here today, and we hear you prayerfully. After the reading of God's Word, Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is the Word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all so much for that powerful message of song. And what a great reminder, again, of God's faithfulness to us and how we should always stand for the one who certainly paid his all for you and for me and for those who paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us freedom in this world in which we live. But today, I'm glad you're here, and I always like to share a little humor. Three men were talking one day, and two of the men said, we're the king and our castles, and our wives have great respect for us. And the third friend was silent. So they looked at him and said, do you rule the roost in your home? And the man said, well, the other night, my wife came to me on her hands and, and on her knees. And the other two said to the man, well, what happened? Said, well, she said, you come out from under that bed and you fight like a man. <laughs> Years ago, Billy Graham wrote in his book, The Secret of Happiness, uh, about Dr. Robert Oppenheimer who was a scientist who supervised the first atomic bomb. And he stood before a congressional committee and he was asked the question as he was presenting this, this great weapon. Someone asked him, said, is there any type of defense against this great awesome weapon of war. And Dr. Oppenheimer said, certainly. And then the room got really quiet, and someone said, and that is, and as there was complete silence, he said softly, peace. Peace is the greatest defense against the most massive weapons of destruction and one only has to turn on the TV or go on social media or look in the newspaper or go into your workplace or walk into your own home to see there is a great need for peace. I mean, when we look around, we are divided in our homes, we're divided in our families, we're divided in our country, we're divided in our world, there's division everywhere we look. And I believe that Satan, the mastermind, is the one who has created this, this great weapon of destruction called conflict, called fighting, called strife, called arguing, that is the culprit that steals so much of our joy and peace. And over the last several weeks, we've been in a sermon series called The Summit of Joy, and we have been looking at Jesus's great sermon on the mount that he gave on the sloping hills of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus was giving a higher standard, a better way of life. He was, he was giving really a way for us to live with real joy in our lives, and he began this great message with eight characteristics or eight beatitudes to help us to maneuver through 
all of the landmines that Satan has placed along the way to try to trip us up or even to destroy our lives. And today we come to the eighth, or excuse me, the seventh beatitude, which says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. When we think about being blessed, it does not only mean happy, because happiness is based on circumstance. But we learned early on when we are blessed, and there's a deep inner joy, not based on outward circumstance, but inward faith that comes through our relationship with Christ. That's where real joy comes from. Regardless of our circumstance, we can have joy, real joy. And today, maybe you're wanting to be one of those who are blessed. You want to be a peacemaker. You want to be a child of God. But the first thing we must have before we can have any of that is we must be in Christ. We must be in Christ. What do I mean by that? You've heard it said, until we get the vertical relationship right, we're never going to have the horizontal in its proper position. We must get things right with the Lord. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You understand, we must have the vertical relationship right. We are justified, made right through Jesus Christ. If you would read on down in Romans 5, verse 10, it says, We were God's enemies, but we were reconciled through the death of his son. What does it mean to be reconciled? That means an end to hostility. That means that we now are at peace with God. And where did it all go wrong when Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden when he said, You can eat of any fruit in this garden, but the tree in the middle is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and if you eat of it you will surely die they ate it that's when things went wrong and we became enemies but through jesus he made a bridge over death so we could have life and life everlasting but we are never going to be at peace until we make peace with god until we are in christ are you in Christ today? There's a verse that I've shared, and it's become one of my favorites, and I challenge you to commit it to memory. John 16, before Jesus went to the cross, he said to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Did you hear that? So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So we know that we must be in Christ. Why? Because Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace. So we know that we must be in Christ before we can have real peace. The reason some people can never be at peace in their own lives or with anyone else because they have not started where they need to start with their own heart 
getting it right with God, being in Christ. And do you remember what Jesus shared once again to his disciples before going to the cross in John 14, 27? He said, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you, not as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And what did he mean? I do not give as the world gives. Well, it was a Hebrew greeting to say shalom to people. That was peace. That was just a, a nice greeting. But what he said, the kind of peace I'm offering is not just a greeting of shalom. I'm offering eternal life, a peace that lasts forever and ever and ever, not just a, a greeting, hello. He said, I can give you something for eternity. And today, I'm going to ask you, are you at peace? Have you made peace with God? Are you in Christ. If so, you don't have to let your hearts be troubled, and we sure don't have to be afraid. And what do I mean by that? I'm going to give you a prime example. About three weeks ago, I stood on this platform, and I did a funeral for one of our dear church members who was also a veteran, served in the United States Navy for Bob Gilbert. And I was able to share with those who had gathered, and it was a great loss because Bob and Debbie Gilbert have been faithful members of God's church and, and active in their faith. But the night before Bob was to have surgery, I prayed with him. We were in Lexington. I was out in the parking lot of Target. And as I called and my family had gone in, I called because I knew his surgery was going to be at 5.30 the next morning, and I wanted to have a prayer with him before going into surgery. And I'll share with you what I shared on that evening of his funeral and what Bob had shared with me. The doctor told him it was very serious, and there was a chance he would not make it. But he needed the surgery. You know what Bob said? He said, Todd, either way it goes, I know I'm going to be all right. He said, either way it goes, I know I'm going to be all right. You know why Bob could say that? Because he had peace with God. He didn't have to be afraid. He did not let his heart be troubled because he had a peace with God. There are so many people that don't have that peace. And they can't say, either way it goes, I'm going to be okay. What about you? Can you say that? If you were to die tonight, can you say, either way it goes, I know I'm going to be okay. You're facing a surgery soon. Either way it goes, I know I'm going to be okay. You're, you're making an important decision, no matter the results of how this decision goes. Either way, I know I'm going to be okay. I, I'm, I'm making a big move in my life, and, and either way it goes, I know I'm, it's going to be okay. We can say that when we have peace with God. When we're in Christ, it makes everything else okay. It doesn't mean necessarily that our circumstance is going to change. And Bob made it through his surgery. But just a couple days afterward, his heart stopped. And it proved to be too much. 
but Bob was at peace and is at peace with God. I want all of us to have that peace. I don't want there to be a single person to leave here today uncertain that if, if I were to go out here and be in a car accident on this heaven forbid holiday weekend, that whether me or whoever would preach your service to say they were okay. I know they were because they were in Christ and they were at peace. They were at peace. You can have that assurance today by giving your heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. But not only in order for us to be peacemakers, we need to be in Christ, but we need to be in right relationship with others. We must be in right relationship with others. When we look at the word peacemaker, it is translated from a verb which means joining together. It's when two opposite forces have been brought together, and that's, that's what we are to do as peacemakers. We have to be the ones to make the peace. And in Romans 12, 16, Paul said to live in harmony with one another. And then verse 18 of Romans 12, he said, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Not the select few, the ones that you like, the ones who have been good to you and nice to you and we are to, as far as it depends on us, if it's possible, we are to be peacemakers. We are to try to make things right. Certainly, someone has to be receptive, but yet it's our part as Christians to go out of our way to make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. And that's what God wants of us. Do you, do you know what two of the biggest uh, problems we face that cause conflict? One is self-centeredness. We want what we want, and if we don't get it, I'm going to throw a fit. We selfishly get upset. Isn't that what James was talking about in James chapter 4, 1 and 2? What causes fights and quarrels among you? You want something, but you do not get it. And then you covet and you kill, and, and the reason you do not have is because you do not ask God. Self-centeredness is the culprit of a lot of our conflict. But what did Jesus say? We said recently out of Luke 9, 23, if anyone would come after me or whoever wants to be my disciple, he must what? Deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. So we got to get self out of the way because that causes so many problems when we're self-centered. But you know what else I believe causes conflict? Not, not only when we're self-centered, but when we have unrealistic expectations. We expect people to do what only God can do. I feel that way so many times. 
Maybe I told you last week that I heard a pastor say when, when people come into God's church, we're supposed to be the receptionist into God's field hospital, but he's the surgeon. Sometimes we want people to be God and do what only God can do. The reason you do not have because you do not ask God. Don't expect your spouse or your friend or your minister or your teacher or your coach to do something only God can do. We must expect God to do great things, but we as people will sometimes let you down. We don't want to, but sometimes we do. We have unrealistic expectations. That can cause conflict and strife and arguing and fighting as well. But my prayer is today that we would all do our best to get along. My mother used to quote Proverbs 15.1, I guess because she lived in a house with five men. A soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And so we must practice being self-controlled. And when we're in Christ, then the fruits of the Spirit should be evident, shouldn't they? And what are the fruits of the Spirit? If you know them, you can say them with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that means the tongue, too, to practice self-control. And if you can put these fruit into practice, you're well on your way of being a peacemaker. But I want to share with you something that uh, yesterday I shared at the early service. Some of you all had children or grandchildren that graduated high school yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Uh, one of our choir members, Teresa Lewis, said, did you cry? Did you cry? I said, inside I did. And Kelly got a little teary-eyed because when she was gathering pictures for a, a little family get-together of Isaiah when he was young, uh, there was a picture of Kelly and I standing in this sanctuary when it was under construction and Isaiah was in a carrier. And I couldn't believe it just seemed like yesterday and I had all my hair. <laughs> I looked so young. And I couldn't believe how quickly time had passed. And now he's graduating high school. I, it's hard to believe and I, and I know my wife and my children say don't always use us in your sermons and and I appreciate joy you saying something about somebody said anytime that Larry would use one of the kids they would have to pay him like a quarter or something one of you all gave him the wise idea to say ask for a dollar anytime I use them in the sermon but it's hard to believe how quickly time passes and as we were at all tech Horse Arena for graduation yesterday. The superintendent, who's retiring this year as well, two of the students did a beautiful job with some remarks, and then the superintendent spoke. And a couple of things stand out. I know a lot of people are antsy, ready to go, and everything, but he shared number one, to pursue your passion. 
whatever you're passionate about, life's too short to do something that you don't really enjoy. Be passionate about it. Whatever you do, do it with joy. Be passionate about it. But then the second thing he said, which stood out even more than that, is that we should be kind because kindness will take you a long way. Would y'all agree with that? Being kind to people will take you far. Well, see how far being rude and disrespectful will take you. But to be kind will take you far. And even quoted out of Matthew 7, 12, as we know is the golden rule, and everything do to others what you would have them do to you or do unto you. So that's the golden rule, and, and we should be kind. Paul said it this way, and I just shared this last week, Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. We have to be kind to those people that aren't kind to us. And to forgive people even when they've hurt us deeply. And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's what being an authentic Christian is when we can forgive people. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them when he was on the cross. For they do not know what they're doing. That's difficult. After they had just flogged him and beat him and, and thrust the spear in his side and crown of thorns on his head and and spat upon him, and he said, Father, forgive them. If we're to be a peacemaker, we have to show forgiveness and be kind to people. I mean, my children ask me another, cha-ching, there's another dollar. My children ask me all the time. I'll be driving in the car, and, and I'll wave at somebody. Who is that? I don't know. I was just waving, being kind. Be in a store or, or at the ball field or anywhere. Hey, how you doing? They'll say, who was that? I don't know. I was just speaking. You're weird. <laughs> That's what separates us from the rest of the world. We as Christians are to be kind. People are just waiting for somebody to smile at them or to say hello or to care enough to say hello. You never know. Maybe that'll be the difference between life and death if someone says hello to me today. Somebody that's at the end of their rope, ready to give up on life. I'm going to go throughout this day and see if anyone cares that I'm even here. Being kind to someone. It is a fruit of the Spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. We must be in right relationship with others and in Christ for you'll be called the children of God. Lastly, we must be in his family, in his family. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. You know what I was thinking last night? Blessed are the peacemakers. We're the children of God. What are the troublemakers? What are the troublemakers? Are they children of the devil? Peacemakers are children of God. What about the people that constantly stir conflict and strife and trouble? I'm just asking. That's something to think about, isn't it? What are they called? 
but it's our prayer that we would all be in his family. Jesus said in John 1.12, yet for those who have received him, for those who have believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that beautiful? Yet to those who have received him, for those who have believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we have received him and believed on his name, we are his children. And I don't know about you, I want to represent my father well. I want to model what it means to be a child of God. And I want to close by sharing what I shared at the early. So two things I want to close with. One is this. I've shared with you all, and, and again, when I've shared about my parents, they, they didn't say I had to pay them for all the times. I know you all probably gotten tired of hearing me but share about them, but I'm grateful to have had wonderful Christian parents. My dad, as many of you know, was a principal teacher, taught for 40 years. My mom for 37. And I think mom and I were doing a little figuring before the service. They were in ministry together for 57 years. By vocational, doing education and ministry while raising four boys of their own, the youngest one in curls. Just seeing if you're with me here. Some of y'all are like, I'm ready to get that grilled hamburger going. My parents modeled, they were in two professions when you were around a lot of people, education and ministry. My parents modeled and exemplified what it meant to get along with people. You had to. Profession they were in, you couldn't be in it if you couldn't get along with people. And so my parents taught my brothers and me, you've got to be kind to people. Pray for those people who try to cause problems. Be genuinely, authentically kind to them. Love them, not pretentiously, not with an ulterior motive. Oh, I'm going to fake like just to get something I want. You be genuinely kind and love those people. Pray for those people. And watch how God would bless. Your situation may not change. The person may not change, but you might change. And you grow from it, and you become more like Christ as a result. And they modeled that for my brothers and me. And I don't think I could have been pastor of this church for almost 23 years if I couldn't get along with people. Not to say there's never been conflict. I could have been in ministry 33 years. Y'all don't believe I'm that old, do you? I was five when I started in ministry. <laughs> but to be in ministry 33 years, you've got to be able to love people and try to get along. Agree to disagree and you still get along and move on. I always wanted to get along with people so I would represent my family well. I wouldn't disappoint my dad and disappoint my mom. And I'm sure I let them down a lot of times. 
but I never wanted them to be disappointed in me. More than anything, I didn't want to disappoint God the Father. I wanted to represent his name well, to be a child of God. Now, I want to close by sharing this. I was in my bedroom last night studying. We had celebrated Isaiah's graduation. I'm giving you all too much information, but... And then last night, wanted to go eat at Ginza Grill to celebrate. I shared with the early service, if you've eaten there, you can probably smell the garlic coming from me even now. My wife and children asked for no garlic. I said, bring it on. I brushed, I flossed, I gargled, and you still have garlic. At the early service, this whole section was empty. Not when I started, but no, it was empty. And I said, you all smell the garlic. I like going to Thai Smile. You get the garlic chicken. My wife smells me when I pull in the garage. But anyway, sorry, I got off track. But the fact is, as I was studying after a great day, and my son had gone off to project graduation, I was thanking God for his faithfulness and praying for his safety and studying for this message and how to close things out, and Kelly, again, I don't have to pay Kelly, but Kelly came in and said to me, she said, Todd, just tell him to follow the cross. Follow the cross. And I said, okay. She said, as I just shared in the first point, she said, vertical, when we get things right with him, and then when we get things right with others, that makes the cross. When we're right with him, and then we are right with others. And what was the greatest two commandments Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said in John 13, 34, after washing his disciples' feet, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Follow the cross. Blessed are the peacemakers. They should be called the children of God. May we pray. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there's anyone who is not in Christ, and what I mean by that is they've never surrendered their heart and their life to your leadership and allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them, Lord, they're never going to be at peace. And I believe, Lord, that's why so many people jump from relationship to relationship, job to job, house to house, church to church, looking for a peace that only you can give. Lord, I pray that someone today might pray a prayer confessing their sin, asking you to forgive them of the sin and receive your mercy and grace into their heart. Lord, would there be someone 
who would come to Jesus today. So if their life were to end this very day or over this weekend, they would say, I'm okay. It's okay because I'm at peace. Lord, maybe there's a Christian that's grown bitter or angry. Someone's hurt them. Someone's betrayed them. Someone's disrespected them. Someone has abandoned them. And Lord, as a result, our walk with you has been less than its best because we've held on to that grudge, that anger, that unforgiveness. Oh God, remove that today. May we genuinely and authentically love that person and pray for those people. Not expecting necessarily anything in return, but we're doing the right thing. Blessed, joy-filled will be the peacemaker. Or Lord, maybe there's someone that's looking for a church family. We ultimately want people to be a part of your family, but Lord, thank you that Jesus died for the church, which is your people. And Lord, may we identify with one another and this local body of believers, this field hospital where we can help the wounded and nurse the wounded back to health and encourage one another. And Lord, we all get wounded along the way. Lord, maybe there's someone today that's looking for a field hospital where they can receive healing, not necessarily from me or any person here, but ultimately you, because you're the great doctor, the great physician, the great healer, the great surgeon. But Lord, we sure can love on them and encourage them. So Father, give us the boldness in a moment to come and give it all to you because you gave it all to us, for us, when you died on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand. And if you're worshiping with us at home, please contact the office if we can pray with you about a decision. But I'm going to invite you to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. Give your life to Christ. Come back to Christ. Join a loving church family. Won't you come?
Etch for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I hope we'll all leave here today challenged to be peacemakers, to go out this week, look for someone to show God's kindness to. We all know someone. You're thinking of someone right now. I guess I could be more kind to you fill in the blank. I'm going to be getting together with some family today or tomorrow. I can sure be more kind to you all can fill in the blank. Let's show God's kindness and see the difference it will make, not only on this side, but ultimately in heaven. We'll be his children. That's what's expected of us, and we don't want to disappoint him. You won't be receiving any discussion questions today. Enjoy time with family. I hope you'll join us virtually this Wednesday. We have a very special presentation about homecoming. I think you'll find it interesting. Uh, and then next Sunday, Homecoming 233. Cannot believe that we're 233 years old. A couple of you all were some of the founding members of that <laughs> congregation, so I'm kidding you. But it, it's, it's amazing how God has been faithful to us through all these years. And as long as we keep our eyes, as my wife said, on the cross and on Jesus, he's going to continue to bless us and lead us for another 233 more years. But thank you so much for being here. I want to remind you as you're leaving, this is our fifth city benevolence offering. If you've come prepared, there will be ushers out in the foyer with plates. If you feel led to give, if you're not prepared today, you can certainly send it in later. But this is to help folks that are down on their luck, both in the church and outside these walls help people in uh, different areas of their lives. So pray as the Lord, uh, give as the Lord leads you. Thank you all for coming today. I hope you have a blessed and happy Memorial Day. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. And I'm thankful Tim stepped in for Bill, who took off to Knoxville to be with family. Tim, lead us in our closing song.